With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. There have been many responses when we do pickups. I don't know if that, you've been reading them like I have. <laughs> there have been there, a lot of responses. Been, and here's what's great about it. This is how I know. This sounds really odd. This is how I know we did something right. Seriously. <laughs> We're right over the target, Beca- right? <laughs> because we have gotten angry emails from truck guys really frustrated that we didn't do trucks properly. Mm-hmm. And we have yeah. gotten emails from truck people who own pickups that are thanking us up one side and down the other for finally covering trucks in the way that they and most people they know drive trucks, which is not towing, not hauling, just commuting. We've gotten almost an equal measure, sometimes within the same hour of each other, emails, like very excited emails on both sides. And I'm yeah. sitting here going, okay, so that worked. Well, as a matter of fact, we got a note from our friend who owns the GT2 RS that we yeah. drove against the 959. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a pickup truck owner. This mm-hmm. this is his daily. He's been through actually a few of them lately. He's had a bunch of different pickups. And he sent a Facebook message to both of us saying, thanks for doing it because I don't tow 10,000 pounds on a regular mm-hmm. basis. I just commute around in it. And I mm-hmm. bomb around in the snow in Park City in it. Yep. We're like, you're right. You're absolutely yep. right. So he liked the episode. And yes, thank you to all of you who watched the episode. For I sure, do want to mention sure. Hennessy Mazda Buick GMC in yep. Morrow, Georgia. They're just south of Atlanta. And they were the dealership that was kind enough to hear us out when we were in need mm-hmm. of a pickup truck for, sure. for that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. And so they they will listen to you. I'm, I'm recommending them because they were great to us. They, they were, were great good, to work yeah. with us. They gave us that GMC Sierra for the episode when we were out of press cars. We were kind of at our wits end. We were. End of our rope, and they came through. So big thanks to them. They did actually send us an Instagram message saying, hey, did you see the the whole episode? And so they were excited. They're great people to work with. So if you're looking for a car... Please tell them that you saw the episode. Yeah, fans of yeah, yeah. driver. They had Go Miata RFs on the. There. <laughs> they did. Just saying, they had. I mean, you get and, a big pickup, but they had Miata did. RFs there as well. They so there, there's a good wide range. So that's happening. By the way, the and we'll tell you for sure. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't want to misspeak, but hopefully by Friday's podcast. Happy Tuesday to you. Hopefully by Friday's podcast. When we get in episode three on cable, this episode one with the Supras will be available on Amazon Prime. I don't want to speak too early, but based on the timelines we're aware of, it should go live on Amazon by then. We're going to try to be a week to ten days behind the – the Motor Trend cable channel releases will be available on Amazon Prime and Vimeo. We'll keep you informed. We're going to close that gap as much as we can. So we've had two episodes so far on cable. The first one is coming to Amazon, and the third one is uh, actually, what is it? It's the Porsche Experience Center Atlanta. Yeah, it's coming P- up this Picattle. Saturday. Yeah, for It's sure. a weird acronym, but it's Picattle, and it's all the Porsches. And I do want to thank our TV sponsors, Covercraft, who is bringing the entire Season 6 to you, and Griot's Garage, and Haggerty. Mm-hmm. And the reason I keep thanking them is not just because of their support, but it's because because the sponsors that Todd and I go after are specifically with you, our audience, in mind. Yeah. We want you to have the best stuff and the best products and availability and hear about all the cool stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So that's why we approach these sponsors, and that's why we're partnering with them. We want them you know, as a long-term partner, and we want to feel like family. All of those reasons. So when, when there is an ad, I encourage you to listen to it. And it's because we just want you to have access and a code to use or whatever that yeah. is. So you yeah. will hear increasing ads, uh, but it, it's because of their support and their sponsorship. And we're fans of their products, too. So and that keeps the show just going. Aside, and you can use that code, which obviously we're trying to chase those codes for everything so you guys can get some yeah. benefit out of it as well. We should talk about <clears throat> Toyota. <laughs> there's, there's always stuff come up, going on with Toyota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Toyota has gone mad. Toyota has had a fantastic little fever dream of a hot Finally, hatch. they've gone mad. 
This is a good thing. <laughs> they were all sensible with the Supra, just <laughs> so they could do this. Sensibleness with all your you. You probably whatever. have heard already. So the Supra has a, a GR designation on it, which is what Gonzo Racing. It's Gazoo. Gazoo Racing. There it is. Okay, so I like Gonzo though. I do too. That could work better. Gazoo Racing Supra. Well, now there is the GR Yaris. Yes. Which is a tiny little three-cylinder, three-cylinder, <laughs> 1.6 liter engine. This is almost 270 horsepower and torque, all-wheel drive, six-speed manual. I, honestly, with the exception of three-cylinder, I haven't said anything that we aren't all salivating over. But if you're going to get that kind of power for a three-cylinder, I don't care how many cylinders it has. Well, absolutely. That just means it's small. And yes. looking at this thing, which was recently introduced to the Tokyo Auto Salon, I like the styling. Mm-hmm. I'm actually on board with it. Agreed. Some of the Toyota stuff has been just the CHR. What happened has like, there? Yeah. What would you do? Stop drawing. <laughs> Stop sketching. No, that doesn't need to wrap. You don't need an extra line there. It doesn't need an extra highlight. But this, mm-hmm. even though it is in white, I can yes. see it. I, I like the rear view. I like the haunches. Agreed. It's muscular. Agreed. All-wheel drive in this little thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many cylinders it has like I you. I agree. I just care about the power output, manual transmission, the big problem is there's mm-hmm. been no announcement for U.S. or North American availability. Not coming here. Now, that could change. That, there's so. always the Let's start so. of, yeah, yeah. you know, marketing speak, we're no, no, you yeah. know, no information. But, you know, if we all, you know, scream and shout and yell enough and throw things. Yeah, I mean, they almost always they do special editions for Japan. Uh, this is, at the moment, a special edition for Japan. Uh, let's see if it goes uh, all over the place, including here. Now, of course, obviously, if you bring it here, you got to go left-hand drive. And it's right-hand drive right now. So that's okay. why a lot of times the, the, the specials for Japan wind up in the U.K. because we didn't have to change anything. So let, let's hope <laughs> yeah. they make a left-hand drive version. Let's hope they make it and they'll, they'll bring it here. Uh, I don't know any of that stuff. I really hope so. I mean, honestly, how often, and the answer is almost never, does a new crazy hot hatch drop? Seriously, you're absolutely right. It's not often. Yeah. I mean, thank God the Veloster N showed up. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, think about the fact – think also about all-wheel drive hatches. I mean, when we did the uh, the piece with the Focus RS, we brought a grand total of four. Mm-hmm. And we even yeah. had to bring the Evo out of retirement to make it four. Okay? Amazing. So all-wheel Amazing. drive, little tiny, uh, very powerful hatches, more of that. And here is one just <clears throat> not for us apparently. Really cool. All right. Well, we are continuing with our Topic Tuesday discussion of best cars from each manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Spanning about a decade from the present, so we're in 2020 as of this recording, and spanning about a decade going backwards. And this is something that we wanted to include. We did this about five years ago, and we're going to continue on starting in the Fs with Fiat, but we did this about five years ago and thought, well, let's let's revisit this because there's been a lot of new car introductions, but there's still some good ones that are still worthy and now for sale. They're what people are shopping for because you can afford them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we like this the span of things and we're gonna go through what Jeep today, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get all the way to Jeep. Yeah, that's uh Fiat Ford, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Infinity, Jaguar, and Jeep. Now you may have noticed I went through the Fs and I didn't mention Ferrari because this is everyday driver and while Ferrari is interesting, we are not going to be cover covering the hyper exotics in this discussion because we're hoping for cars again of this last ten years that you may be able to afford every bit of product we're talking about right now new and can please buy or hear stuff in their back decade of back catalog that is worthwhile used and out there. Neither of those really qualify for Ferrari or <laughs> Koenigsegg or McLaren or these will not be covered in you this know, discussion for obvious reasons. I was thinking about the exotics and I suppose we could do special topic Tuesdays about them. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. None of us can afford them. Mm-hmm. We aspire to own them. Mm-hmm. We've driven maybe a tiny handful of some of these a cars. Fraction. You're right, yeah. But we haven't driven all of them. True. And true, then true. ultimately, 
it's kind of pointless. Okay, say we've driven all the exotics mm-hmm. and we're over here hashing it up and slicing and dicing about which what's your what do you like mm. what appeals to yeah. you yeah 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 so yes i want to talk about the exotics but on the other hand they're not really relevant in this discussion yeah. because we want to be able to buy the fun yeah <laughs> used new whatever it is yeah whatever your budget is i mean we say it all the time whatever your budget is we want you in a car you love i don't care what your budget requirements are let's find you that car that meets those needs that's fun so let's dive in this means we'll also be covering suvs minivans all kinds of stuff does come up in this discussion because all of it comes up on this podcast so mm-hmm. uh let's start with fiat all right so the fiat 500l is on your list i'm guessing I'm going to go with no. It's not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the man. L, the X, these are these are all <laughs> bad. These are all bad variants. But the Abart is on there. It is. The 500 Abart's on my list. You know what made my list? Okay. Is the 124 Spider. Yeah. We have not driven the Abart flavor of that, which is all like of like four more horsepower. Sticker yeah. package, really. It practically is, yeah. But I love that Spider because it I had a different it. engine than the, the Miata RF that we drove. You and I disagreed, but you liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked the immediacy mm-hmm. of that engine. Yeah, yeah. And then here I am loving the new engine in the mm-hmm. RF mm-hmm. with the immediacy, even more power in that car. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. really what it is. And it's not just gobs more horsepower solves anything. It's tuned for the car in this mm-hmm. Miata RF. But that's what I noted. Even though it was a tiny difference, mm-hmm. I still felt the torque come on earlier. Yeah. And I felt the shove and then it kind of brought the chassis to life for me. So I do like that car. The styling is kind of a personal preference. It's I get to each that. his own, for sure, for sure. But I like that they at least offered it. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that the partnership was there. Yeah, because, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it's been, you know, not often that Mazda really does the partnership thing anymore. True, true, true. I mean, they used to, but I mean, I, I think it's also interesting that that partnership happened with Fiat of all people. You made a list of people <laughs> Miata, that, that the Miata is going to be partnered with. <laughs> Fiat wouldn't have made my like long, weird list, I, okay? But yet here we are. I, I mean, th- we did. We drove that car versus the, the original uh, engine in the RF and the 86 in our Affordable Sports Cars TV episode from a few seasons back. So we did that then. And you, yeah, we both were impressed with the Spider. You actually liked it more than I did. But the big the big discussion here is you would like a Miata that doesn't look like a Miata. Mm-hmm. Because inside, it's a, it's a Miata. They took the Mazda badge off the center oh, of the yeah. airbag and they put the Fiat one on. I mean, that it's, it's just Miata. But it obviously has different styling. It looks like a slightly larger car and it mostly is a styling trick. So it is a fantastic Miata alternative. Mm-hmm. I personally would take the Miata, period, and I certainly would take the Miata with the upgraded engine over the Fiat. Oh, 124. Sure. Absolutely. But we have had a few of you write in, I totally get it, where you just that styling connects with you, and that is completely valid, and it's a great car. I'll try to put my finger on it, and I think it is the proportions of the headlights, the signature look to that Miata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been out long enough. The ND has been out long enough that I, I like it enough, but I still maintain the features. The two headlights and the two taillights are just slightly too small because the car is small to begin with. I think the Fiat 124 has gone a little bit too far the other way. way. (laughs) It's a little bit too big for the size of the car. Let's scale that back. But the shapes, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, make it feel more like that 50s Roadster, which I think has the appeal for the car. That's what they're doing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really is the Fiat list. I don't think there's anything else on that list, actually. I think we're done there. I think think that finishes it. We can go to Ford where the list is long. It's huge, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're jumping in. I think probably the top car that changed enthusiasts, car journalists, and every owner's perspective on what a tiny fun Mm. front-wheel drive car can do. Mm. It's also the car that I called out when I found one for $7,800, and I thought it was, you know, 
a real thing. It was actually a salvage title, and they're just about down there now. I freaked every Fiesta ST owner out yeah. promptly and said, "I'm underwater." Everybody Don't you was underwater, that? but yeah, it's just about that case now. <laughs> but it is the Fiesta ST. I still think about that car. It's, it's great. It's still it's such one of our usual suspects. Is what Absolutely, we'll call it. It is. Yep. It's on yep, the yep. transporters. You know, for both of us, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, we love that car. It's it's definitely a defining car when mm-hmm. it came out. The big problem is the subsequent generation does not come to North America. Which is improved in every way. The styling's better. The interior's better. The power's better. Based on what Tom is telling us over in Germany, the dynamics are even better, which is crazy to think about. That's amazing. So it is all across the board improved, but not for the U.S., which is also a bummer. So it, it's added with that Yaris on the Forbidden Fruit list. Yeah, for that sure. That and the Alpine A110. These are my top three on the Why Can't I Get That Car list. It's uh, a delicious list. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we have talked about, look, if you've listened to this podcast for more than like an episode and a half. You've heard us talk about the Fiesta ST for somebody because, look, if you're out there right now and you're thinking, Fiesta ST? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I genuinely you need to try to drive one. I, I, I fully acknowledge, like the Lotus Elise, it is, this is not a car for everyone. But I think it would be very difficult for anybody that is an enthusiast that likes a manual transmission fun car to get in the Fiesta ST, drive it hard, and get out and be like, nah. (laughs) It may not be for you, but I think you'll go, I get it. You know, you and I drove that car as part of the ST Octane Academy Mm -hmm. now three years ago, I think. Three, ten. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And we were very impressed. So that was also the Focus ST Mm -hmm. in the same school. And so they had, I think, two different kinds of tires on both cars. But they they performed really well. It Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun. And so that was the school that used to be held out here at the Utah Motorsports Campus. Mm -hmm. When you bought one of those two cars, you could come to the school for free and drive other people's cars, essentially Ford's yes. own cars, yes. and go beat on them and really learn autocrossing and mm-hmm. time attack and all these kinds of things. And then what you got in return was a plaque with your name on it, but you got a special badge. Mm-hmm. So it was reversed colors. I think instead of red with black outline, yep. it was now black with a tiny red pinstripe around yep. it. That is the indication if it's replaced on either of those two cars right. that somebody has been to been the Esteen Octane Academy. Yeah, I've been to the school. It was, they gave us that at the very end as like, these are the only way to get these badges, which is fun. Now, they say that. For all I know, you can get on Amazon right now and probably buy a dozen of them. But <laughs> that's what those are supposed to be Here's for. Here's the we extra box it. we found in the back. Seriously. Seriously. Guess we'll get rid of these on I'll eBay. I'll sell you mine. Anyway, so yeah, that, so Fiesta ST, uh, Focus ST is worthwhile, but I actually went straight to the RS. Did you? That's because the RS is a car that I'm very surprised Ford made. The RS is to Ford, I think, as this new Yaris is to Toyota, where it's well, just like, why Why did you go that far down that road? I mean, I'm glad, mm-hmm. but really that far down the road? I still think that'd be a fantastic winter car. Isn't that interesting? It's kind of out of the public discussion these days. It is. It is. It's not really but, much so, discussed anymore. Which means anymore. they're getting affordable. That's what that means. When they've dropped thing. off the radar, they're getting affordable. <laughs> but I keep yeah. thinking about the fact that that is an all-wheel drive hatch, which is fantastic for the winter in spite of the Lancer that's blown its engine. That's a fantastic recipe for the engine. So I, had, I had to go back there. But, but no, it's a fantastic <laughs> recipe for the winter. I've got yeah. an all-wheel drive hatch. I can carry stuff. I can bomb around in the snow. But because the Focus RS has completely inexplicable, ridiculous drift mode, it means I can enjoy my snowy parking lot. And gold metallic flake, flake in the blue paint. Which is weird, but very, very cool. Yeah, Super that's cool. a great one. Well, speaking of good in the winter, is my 2012 Ford Expedition. True. It is on that's my list. the last list. 10 years. It should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These things are bomb-proof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason I love them so much is because of the entire reason Chevrolet, GMC, Cadillac have introduced their new huge Suburban and Denali and all this stuff yeah. with independent rear suspension. Ford has known this. And the Expedition has had independent rear suspension longer than the Mustang. 
That's an interesting thought. The Expedition had independent rear suspension in 2004. Now, I know some of you are saying, but the 99 Cobra had the, that wasn't all Mustangs. We're talking about, you I'm buy a Mustang. your average Mustang. Rear, rear, yes. yes. I understand what you're saying. And that is a fascinating stat. Isn't that interesting? That the Expedition had it before. That is very funny. That's why they ride so well. Yeah. The thing just runs. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. It's the, hey, everybody's together. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, I don't look at it as the safe car, even though it's big and heavy. And <laughs> it's can the family car. Plow everybody down. Yes. But I do like having it. I still enjoy it. I drive it in the winter. It just, it just goes. It's the ultimate road trip car. That leads me to something about my list that I noticed when I started going through this. Because as we've seen, of course, Ford is leading the charge on we don't make cars anymore. We only make SUVs. I think Ford's at its best when they go big. I think the middle grade stuff, and I'll get there. I think the middle as a grade stuff. Term, you mean? Or no, I, as I mean, a I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. All of the above. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Fiesta ST is like a moonshot and a great car. The Focus RS, same kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so they go really big way down the road and think. But in the case of their SUVs, I think everything they make is kind of fine until you get to expedition size. When you get mm-hmm. big, it gets awesome. Really, really good. <laughs> great, great space. Durable, all the things you're saying. I really like it. I mean, like the Explorer, for example, is a fine execution of that area. But I don't think it's a standout. You're being nice. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fine. Yes. The, the edge and these kind of guys, fine. Yeah. But I would yeah. never gravitate toward it. I go no. to other places in the market, okay? But the Expedition, it's holding some ground there. Totally. In a similar way, that the F-150, I have to mention because it it's ubiquitous. But the Raptor? The Raptor. Come on. That's the F-150 no one needs. I mean, that's really what it is. It's the F-150 that nobody needs. I was at school today. Sorry, side rant. I was at school today. Really snowy morning this morning. I mean, with the winter tires on the Cayenne was still sliding around. The folks with the all-seasons were all over the road. Okay. My son has got his little knee scooter thing because he's still got a broken ankle. So he's got a little knee scooter. So you got to navigate that. And so it took, took, took him in. Couldn't back out of the parking lot. Seriously. Reason, here's why. Because when I came back out to the parking lot, the second bell, because it's like first bell, get the kid in school, second bell, now they're late. Second bell was about to ring as I walked out of the parking lot. And here came a dad in the family Raptor, the big super cab Raptor. (laughs) And he came sideways. You're kidding. Across the, I hate to say it, but he came sideways across the big disabled space right in front of the school to get his kids into school at the last minute. (laughs) So I had to get in the Cayenne, which happened to be parked kind of quasi like behind him, and wait, (laughs) because Raptor existed for kids to disembark. So the Raptor is it is it's awesome. It is the F one fifty. No one needs. Look, any year of the Raptor, and now because it does not have the V eight offered in the Raptor anymore, people are looking at the first generation of Raptor, thinking, "Well, it's got the V eight. I want the V eight in that Raptor." And they've come down in price a lot. Mm. So yes, they're very expensive new. They'll do almost anything. They're they're a superhero truck. They they they're they're like again they're a truck that ninety percent of us you will never it it honestly it is the supercar of trucks. Uh, absolutely, you buy a supercar and you don't ever use everything it can do. You drive a Raptor and you probably don't either. You know we've talked about Ford in past podcasts as the company having a performance version in every single category of car they make. Mm-hmm. That's changing. It is changing, unfortunately. At least it's changing in this country. Yeah, ST for sure. Less, but but for now sure. it's just like you can get your ST version of the Edge. Yeah. Hey, 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 you can't, can't get it. Can't wait. While we're here actually on other good cars, though, the, the Mustang. The current gen of the Mustang is 
pretty excellent in just about every flavor. You know, you got you really to sit is. down with yeah. your spec sheet and spec it right. But in just about every flavor, it's good. All the way up to, and we've driven both versions, GT350 and GT350R are genuinely phenomenal cars with also a lot of personality. We have not driven the new 500. It stands to reason that will also be good. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, the Mustang is, honestly, if you tell me right now, I went and bought a current-gen Mustang, I would say, awesome. You'd probably really like that car. There's been generations of the Mustang that I'm just like, no, no, no. But this one's really good. Yeah. Well, I've still got the Boss 302 on my list from 2012, 2013. Okay. All right. I see it. Yeah, what yeah. I love is the raw, unfiltered thing that that yeah. car is. I'm not a huge fan of that gen, but the Boss is good. The Boss is just – it's so much fun and different and raw and angry and you just – everything else, every other thought in your head is irrelevant. It's just <laughs> – it's such a drug. Don't bother me. I'm driving the Boss. It really is. I like it. That's good. So, yeah, that's on the list. And then, look, I know we're not talking exotics, but we'd be remiss to leave Ford and not at least say, the Ford GT exists. <laughs> it does. And my favorite thing about it is the contrast with the Ford GT versus every other big mid-engine reveal that anybody's done in the last 10 years. Agreed. Agreed. Where, I mean, and the joke we've made before is when they, when they dropped it, the auto show that they dropped it on was the big reveal of the production version of the Honda NSX, and everybody promptly forgot because Ford out of nowhere went, oh, by the way, zing, look what we did. and <laughs> Whipped the sheet off. Seriously. And you compare and Sorry. contrast it to the long gestation and tease, 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 tease of things like the Supra, the NSX, and even the C8 Corvette. For Ford to drop out of the sky with, oh, <clears throat> we've, been, we've been doing this on the side. That's the thing about it I'm most impressed by. By the way, it's also very cool. You know I'm all about future tech and what's coming at us, but I cannot bring myself to include the Mach-E Mustang on this list. Mm. A, it's not in production. B, we haven't driven it. C, they named an electric SUV the Mustang. And it has no door handles for your kids to use. Anyway, that's a whole separate side rant. So that's not on there, even though other tech-worthy cars could make my list. I'm leaving that one off for now. We'll wait until we drive it, see what we think of it then, yeah. All right. Are we done with Ford? Have we We're done with Ford. I, I, GMC, wrong that dirty washcloth We, we have GMC. I only have two. GMC, in case you don't know, hey, quick, quick side note. General Motors is the monster parent company of lots of sub-brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chevy is obviously Chevy. You know Chevrolet. But GMC is trucks only underneath the General Motors brand. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. you can get Chevy trucks, but GMC just makes trucks or SUVs, as the case may be. I have two on here. I have the Acadia. I think it is a genuine contender. If you need a seven- to eight-seat SUV that is not full running gear, you're, you're buying the minivan alternative. I think it is, a, it is a viable contender. I don't know if that's the best, but it's a viable contender. I think it's gotten better. It's also gotten a little smaller since the first gen. The first gen had some reliability problems. I owned that gen, and <laughs> yeah. I also have to bring up, because it's just bomb-proof, I owned one, and they're still great, but they're huge, Yukon or Yukon XL, which is the Chevy Tahoe yeah, or the big. Suburban, uh, respectively. That if you need uh, five to eight people and also a bunch of gear, and by the way, I'd like to tow my boat, you go there. For sure. The only thing on my GMC list is the story about your son who correctly identified what the performance I want to be a Raptor version of the Chevy Colorado wanted to be. Okay, keep going. I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's called the Bison. Mm -hmm. And Todd's son... Knowing our car talk and knowing everything about the Raptor and how amazing it is. And I think it was about a year ago at this yeah, time. Yeah, we yeah. were up to our eyeballs and Raptors and doing stuff with Raptors. And the Bison was introduced. Mm-hmm. Which as was, the, yeah. 
look over here. I'm we're, trying we're, to be just as cool. We're doing something like the Raptor. And my son, by the way, two side notes. He went through a major phase that kind of ended around that time. He went through a major phase where he was watching lots of Wild Kratts. If you've got kids, you've probably seen that show. New ridiculous encyclopedic things about uh, animals. To the point that his third grade teacher said if he ever interjected with a fact about a, uh, an animal, she learned about a month in. She was just like, whatever he says, I just go, that's interesting because I'm not going to look it up because it's going to be right. <laughs> so anyway, so he was encyclopedic about animals. That was one thing. He also was pretty obsessed with the Jurassic Park films at the time. Yes, yes. So keep going. He said, well, it's called the bison. Why would they call it a bison? It's not predator. <laughs> and I went... You're absolutely correct. He was like, Ford has the raptor. That's a predator. A bison's not a predator. A bison just, would be eaten by the raptor. We were both yeah. like, and scene. Like, we're done. You get it. You're nine. <laughs> this is the best. That's the only thing on my GMC list. That's very funny. Well, then that also is a, a pretty easy story right about my son. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of their first customers were collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. Griot's is a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and every budget. As a matter of fact, I learned my certified Paul Own car care style from Griot's. We've both used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years, and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and website and starter kits to help your car look its best. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code every day for 10% off your order. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. All right, here we go. Jump into Honda. This is another one with a pretty big list. We could go for a while. but There's some yeah. tasty cars on for here. For sure, absolutely. I'm jumping right in, and I'm starting with the incredible, most amazing Honda CRZ. Overlooked. <laughs> overlooked. I wasn't sure where you were going to go, but it is overlooked. Here's 2011 to 2016. It's, it's a total alt car. You wouldn't expect it, but if you want something that is worthwhile gas mileage, but you'd like to actually row your own gears, it's pretty much that car. I mean, I admit I need power. I don't like small cars that are underpowered. Yeah. When the CRZ was introduced, it was mm. underpowered. But then this special edition appeared. I know. I know. I think it was the Jackson Racing flavor yeah. of the CRZ. It was the special, now you can spend almost 50 grand on your CRZ. It, it was rare and pointless and nobody owned it. But they rare had one. pointless. That's <laughs> but, perfect. But Honda brought one to one of the track days. Mm-hmm. And there were no cars available, only this forlorn CRZ. And I thought, all right, I'll, I want to be on track, so I'll go drive something. What, what's that? So, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll drive that. And it came to life. And it was brilliant. And I had a great time. And CRZ, I still recommend them. <laughs> so much fun. I, here's the thing. I actually say while we're there, I think that is a worthwhile – if you find one, you can get them super cheap. They are very efficient. If you're looking for an efficient commuter, six-speed, that is a phenomenal car, honestly. It is prone to a bit of understeer if you really, really push it. Ask me, how I know? Drove it kind of hard on a candy road. But it has, I mean, honestly, it has really good dynamics. It's a really good Honda product, and it has great gas mileage. It looks kind of futuristic. If you're into that kind of thing, I think it's great. Totally. My cousin David had a 91 CRX, and he let me drive it when I was... I think in junior high or early high school, something like that, and I just fell in love. Yeah. It was so cool. And so the CRZ is sort of this yeah. know, later manifestation. Yeah, it carries that. the torch for that. Yeah, for sure. So the CRZ is definitely a surprise yourself car. I, In the similar vein, look, I know it's not for everybody, but we talked about it on our Fast Blast. The current, the updated, currently on sale now version of the Insight. 
I think is the better Prius. You've mentioned that. It didn't make my list, but I acknowledge. But, but I acknowledge. I, I'm just thinking about because in the same area as the CRZ, I'm not shopping in that market segment, nor am right. I shopping in the market segment for just economy. But that's where the Insight lives, and it does a great job there. Yeah, surprisingly I, okay, roomy. It's going to just run. It doesn't. It doesn't wave a flag for. Look at me. I'm hybrid. It just does its job. Okay, here's another one in the Honda lineup that okay. that falls under those categories. Okay. The Passport. I have it on my list, too. If you're not into Subarus and you're not wanting Subarus and you're wanting something different, you're a Honda person, the Passport is actually pretty cool. I mean, for I, I imagine it for my sister and her husband and, mm-hmm. and their family and everything they need it for. And I thought, that could just really work. Because they kind of take care of cars. And no, they're going to no, they berate don't. me if they're listening. But th- they'll do, you know, like... Everything at once, every few years. But the rest mm-hmm. of the time, they just they get run and they... Run in spite of them. Yeah, the ground. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but, okay, how about washing once in a while? No? <laughs> well, we have a fast blast on the Passport, and I will admit I was not very nice. But I will say this. The Passport is on my list because I actually do think it makes more sense than the CRV. And they almost Agreed to overlap. Agreed to that. But in a lot of the specs, they overlap. I think it is the more interesting car than the CRV. And the CRV is a huge volume seller for Honda. Mm-hmm. And I think the Passport's a little more interesting. So I have it on the list for that reason. Other things on the, the list here, I, I bring it up often. I'm a big fan the Honda Fit. If you want a yeah, little sure. economical, do it all, wow, I can carry that too car, Honda Fit. That it is the best, great name, because it is the best space use of any car being sold. I, I stand by that. Every time I get in one, I'm just like, how did they figure all this out? How does every manufacturer not figure this out? It's like yacht designers did that car. It's crazy. So I, I think the Honda Fit is worthwhile. Also, our shooter, Ben, he shot an American original. And also the Atlanta uh, trucks piece you just saw. He was a shooter on that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. He actually has driven a Honda Fit, autocrossed it for years, done very well with it. So I know they can be very dynamic as well. So the Honda Fit can't be overlooked. Um, I'm going to say it. Hmm. Minivan. Oh, really? The Odyssey is actually... If you're shopping minivans, the Odyssey needs a serious look. And I think the Odyssey, unless you must have all-wheel drive for some reason, I think the Odyssey makes the pilot irrelevant. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I can see that. As a matter of fact, my dad has an Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uses it as a modified van for his electric wheelchair. And so it enables him to get around. And it's it runs. It's great it's kind of noisy and we joke to ourselves because it's modified like man best 70 grand we ever spent on this thing <laughs> those are those conversions are so expensive <laughs> and oh he always gosh. brings up the huh you know what else i could have gotten for 70 grand <laughs> yeah dad i do <laughs> yeah but he gets to drive around that's the trade-off but on the other hand it gives him mobility which i'm really thankful for and of course the civic si and the civic type r are definitely on our list yep the type r just so you know if you haven't driven one if you can get past the styling, if you can... It's not for everyone. Let's go there. Not, Let's go there, yeah. I, I wish there was like a bicycle seat post quick release for the wing. If they could just <laughs> boop, boop, two quick releases right, and that's done. pull that off. Because, you know, we're not going 120 where the air, you know, the downforce really kicks in and <laughs> I am, pushes the rear I am into just the car. Commuting. I am just, yeah. Just commuting. And I just want a fun car, even on a canyon. Mm-hmm. I think it could kind of help juice things. Uh, but you need to know, if you're into the Civic Type R, 
The wheels and tires off the showroom floor are 20s. They're heavy for this car, even though it doesn't drive like that. They're 53 pounds per corner for the wheel and tire. They're very heavy. So some people have downgraded to 18s, gotten lighter wheels, mm-hmm. and that car comes to life even more. It's already brilliant. And the, the switcheroo between the suspension settings mm-hmm. is what's most surprising about this car. How yes. can a 53 pounds at each corner, 20s with rubber bands on them, right. it's rubber bands, ride right. so comfortably? I'm, I continually am shocked by the ride quality of that car with those wheels. You look at it and just go, that's How? going to be back-breaking. And, and it's you know a what? magic trick. Let's compare and contrast. We have a piece on this. It's season two, three. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank right now. But where we put it with the Focus RS. Is it three? can't the, remember. Anyway, we put it with the Focus RS. It's a really cool Many season. moons it's, ago. It's available on Prime, free on Prime on Amazon right now. That's, that episode is up there. And what's interesting about that is the Focus RS rides worse than the Civic Type R with smaller wheels. It's unbelievable. With more tire. By the way, that car didn't have the volume knob. And we've, the they, subsequent generations it. It. have a volume knob. Civic Type the, R is very impressive. I have to do – look, Honda's got a lot of workhorse cars here that aren't sexy but are really good in their market segment. I have to list two more. Get the Honda Accord. You can get it with a manual. That's true. That's a great point. And even if you don't, it is a run-in-spite-of-you car, and it is surprisingly dynamic. Honda kind of has a baseline, kind of like Mazda, where their cars have got a decent level of dynamics no matter what. But I think the Accord is a standout in that area. And if you want a pickup, kind (laughs) of. You want all of the good stuff about a pickup, none of the downsides. It doesn't need to look like a traditional pickup. You get yourself a Honda Ridgeline, and you generally are happy. The people I know that had Ridgelines love them. Yeah, I did like. I even liked the first version when it came out. But the reason they didn't do that unibody look anymore is because pickup truck owners didn't like it. It didn't have a seam, a break from the cab to the bed. Yeah. And that's why the new Ridgeline has that. So it looks more like a rough and tumble pickup truck. I bought a truck. Something yeah. else to note on the Type R and the SI, the Civics, they only are available with manual transmissions. As of this recording, they're still that, that is the differentiator. If you want an automatic, you're not getting a Type R or an SI. Interesting information. Moving on to Hyundai, and I imagine you have a big list here because it's one of your favorite brands. I do. We aren't doing Kia. This is just Hyundai. Just but Hyundai. under Hyundai does fit Genesis. That's true. I have the Genesis Coupe. If you haven't driven one, they're excellent. This is – we've had it in a few pieces. It is not as dynamic as the Toyota 86 Twins, which is why it doesn't get recommended a lot for a focused driver's car. But if you were using it as a commuter, it is a better commuter. It is a genuinely really solid setup rear-wheel drive coupe. And you can get it with their good V6, which is the better way to go than their 2-liter turbo in that mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. The gearbox is not a standout, but the car in general is surprisingly good. That recipe – is still valid. Uh, completely, yes. Rear-wheel drive, front-engine coupe that's just yes. spacious and fast, all that stuff. Yeah, I think over time the first-gen looks better than the second-gen. Do that's you? You still like that first-gen? I think so. I think over time it's aged better. I'd like to see their new styling elements applied to a new coupe. Where's the new Genesis coupe? I agree with that. For yeah. sure, for sure. Well, that is definitely on my list, as is the Veloster. First generation, I liked the Veloster. Second generation was okay. Got more power, came out with the turbo. Yeah. And then we drove the Veloster N as part of the middle awesome. episode. It's awesome. From season five. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely astounded it's by the really Veloster impressive. N. It's really impressive, yeah. I love this car. I think it's brilliant. I love how it looks. I love the quirkiness. It's fast. I would own a Veloster N. Absolutely. I can see it. I can see it. Super fun. It's absolutely amazing. So the N is Namyang, South Korea, where their test track is, and also Nürburgring, so where the car was the developed other test and track is, yes. And so the N has now being applied to more Hyundai product across the line. The i30N is one we drove in Germany on the ring. Pretty cool. The guy that used to run BMW's M division 
M division <laughs> is now working for Hyundai, working on their N cars. Sir, was that M and N? Yes, exactly. M and N. He's doing both of those. Uh, while we're here, I actually have to bring up the Genesis G70. Okay. Very, very good car. I agree. If you're shopping in the 3 Series segment, go drive the Genesis G70. At least compare and contrast there. That's worthwhile. A couple others that may surprise you. One, I'm going to mention the Elantra Sport. We don't get what they get in Europe, which is called the i30N. We drove that on the ring this year. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. It's it's essentially the uh, Veloster in running gear in a different body shape, kind of a more usable body shape. The Elantra Sport gets close. It's got like the N package, kind of like they do the M package. Yeah. yeah. It's got the N package, but not all the I30N goodies, which is unfortunate. But if you're looking for a Civic alternative, the Elantra is solid. And then we recently did a Fast Blast. I'm not a huge fan of the styling, but the Palisade <laughs> is very good. Thank you. Yes, the Palisade YouTube Fast Blast review just got released. So if you're interested, you're shopping, it is worth a look. There's more explanation about the styling and about the dynamics of the car and the differences between it and the Telluride. We loved the Palisade. It doesn't it doesn't matter whether you like the styling or not, but as far as a recipe, impressive. For the price, and yeah. for what it can do, yeah. and the amenities, impressive SUV. And Agreed. so that it shares the Telluride platform. That new GV80 that is coming out from Genesis, <laughs> I don't believe shares the same platform. I really? think it's a little bit different correct me if i'm wrong based on what i'm reading but it's definitely designed to be the higher end i'm still not all about the styling on that one i actually like the palisade better but anyway mm, that, that, that's it, to be not, not an endorsement that. but we'll see the weather's changing but the sun is still out and it's baking your car's interior Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Infinity doesn't have a lot on the list, but they're on here as well. Uh, The problem with the Infinity list is the the massive weird name shift in the middle of the last decade, where it was like, what what car is that now? J's, Q's, P's. Let's just just pick some numbers, and we'll put some uh, some letters behind some numbers, and we'll call it a day. Uh, The G37, which is their 3 Series fighter, we always liked that. I don't think it's as good as the 3 Series. No. This is going to sound weird. I don't think it's as good as the 3 Series, but I think often it can be more fun to drive than the Lexus. It's, but it's people evolved. paid a whole lot less and almost got a 3 Series. That's why they sold so many. So G37 became the Q50. If you're shopping in that market segment, it's worthwhile. If you wanted the G37 Coupe, that became the Q60. We've driven that, including on the track. Mm-hmm. The problem with Infiniti is that they decided to leave all actual steering connections in the last decade. <laughs> you know, we don't actually need – I mean, come on. It's just – it's steer by wire. Now, I understand all aircraft are that way. If this is technology that exists – but you really have gone to video game steering. Yeah, I agree. By the way, last year, 2019, was the 30th anniversary of Infinity. Hmm. Launched in 1989. Interesting point. They had their entire celebration at Spaceport America in New Mexico, where they brought okay. the Edition 30 versions of all of their cars. All right. The problem is they painted them white. I just want everybody to know that the future is not painted white. <laughs> there are other colors that will be available in the future. You know all the movies, the space movies? That, everybody's all, got white. You're wearing a white suit that is weird and designed by Philippe Stark, and it's white walls, <laughs> and you speak to a computer. Every single movie from, I can't do from that, the Hal. 70s to now. I can't do that, Hal. Every single movie is, it's all white. The future is white. Uh, sorry, it's uh, Dave. I can't do that, Dave. 
Dave. Hal Sake speaking, right? The future yeah. is not painted white. The cars were painted white. You but it's the cheap paint. There's no pigment in the <sighs> It was easier for us to paint the set white because we could get a lot of that in bulk. And it's really easy to light. When we throw light anywhere near a white set, everything becomes kind of lit. So it's just, it'll be balanced. It'll be easier to shoot. They were at Spaceport America. Space yeah. isn't white. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Not white. Anyway, uh, yeah. so yes. Uh, I do want to add two cars that set the direction for Infinity, which I okay. like. And I have one more, too. But keep going. Okay. Keep going. It is the Prototype 9 and Prototype 10 from past subsequent Pebble Beach Monterey weekends. Mm-hmm. This actually turned my head. The okay. 9 is absolutely luscious. All right. The 10 is interesting from a, hey, here's what we're doing is the future of the brand. So ultimately, what I think Infinity needs to do is just clear out all their products, just wipe <laughs> them all away. Even though I do like that Q60 Red Sport 400, drove that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Just not enough to keep it around any longer. <laughs> it was good. Let's kill it anyway. <laughs> Let's kill it anyway. So how about wiping away all their products and of any brand? Okay. Infinity is the least locked into a corporate styling look. You're right. You're right. And what they can do for the future. They can mm-hmm. electrify everything. And people will be like, sure, Infinity, sweet. Sure, they're free to run around. Brand. You're absolutely right. That's a very they good They are point. the least encumbered brand. Yeah. yeah. And I'm ready for the future. <laughs> Nobody knows what the names and numbers mean anyway, so you can make <laughs> exactly. it mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. As long as they're not painted white. That's very funny. I have one last one I want to bring up. Infinity was early to the SUV party. Remember this? Oh, I, they were in pretty early. Oh man, they were yeah. taking the rear-wheel drive chassis of their cars, and they were making <laughs> SUVs out of them. And there was the FX50. That is a 5-liter V8 rear-wheel drive, looks kind of angry SUV. It's not for everybody. They're not common. I was thinking about it today. When's the last time we even saw one? I'm not even sure. Yeah. But that is trying to be it's almost it's almost jeep hellcat thinking it's not that big but you know what i'm saying it's almost that it's just like let's put a big engine big growly engine and a rear wheel drive biased suv that looks like a truck let's do that Hmm. very surprising a little bit of sports car feel to it fx50 v8 crossover is my last one on infinity it's kind of an outlier but i have to put it in there they're actually well priced now because nobody bought them exactly they plummeted and so if you're kind of looking for that yep yep drive the angry shoe The angry shoe. That needs a t-shirt. <laughs> Jumping a Jaguar. Well, there's been the F-Type. The F-Type is a stalwart, and it's gorgeous, and it's – I actually kind of like the new flavor, the brand, brand new, second generation. I'll call it second generation. Sort of newly revised styling. styling. fresh thing, yeah. But the, the F-Type, it's, it's a standalone. It's sculpture. It needs to be put on a plinth and studied <laughs> for generations. Well, it's beautiful. Get get whichever one you like. That's the thing about the F type. It's it's beautiful, and you can kind of get your flavor. And it's one of those cars. Honestly, I don't think you need the big boy. I think you can step down and get like middle grade, and you're very happy. Sure, anything 350, 400 horsepower in that car is great. The big monster boys, you don't actually need that. You and I both liked that uh, edition 400. We did. It was actually all wheel drive. All wheel drive. Yeah, this doesn't drive like an all wheel drive car. Yeah, it was 400 horsepower. All wheel drive was excellent. I think that's a very good one. I have to bring up the XE. The XE mm, is okay. the the alt car. You really want a three series, but you don't want to be another guy in a three series. <laughs> what else is out there in the X- Carland? The XE. There's that, that one. I also have the E Pace on my list. That is the Macan sized SUV from Jaguar. The problem is that new, they're crazy priced, but they are very nice. Look at our SUV episode. We put that up against the uh, Volvo XC40 uh, two seasons ago. That was season four. And yeah. uh, that's a good episode. That's yeah. actually available on Prime right now as well. Yeah, that E-Pace is actually a sports car bias. That's their thinking behind mm-hmm. it. It wasn't merely just, hey, let's make a small CUV. 
come to find out, they actually had a sports car thinking in mind when they designed it. So it's it drives differently than you think. Quite nice. The I-Pace is on my list simply okay. because of tech right. and simply because of sure. where they're going. And for Jaguar to come out with this, even though it's expensive and they're not yeah. selling that well, I do love what Jaguar is doing. You and I were on a nasty, snowy, currently snowing back road the other day. Yeah. And a guy came uphill in an I-Pace like he was on a rally stage. Totally. He was flying. And I that thing was that. all about it. It was like, let's do this. It was very funny. For sure. All right. Off to Jeep. Our last car manufacturer on the list. For this before podcast, we jump yes. to uh, before we jump to a debate, we do still have a car debate coming, and your questions. Yeah. This is how the, yeah, it's going to be a long one, folks. There's a lot. The Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. I agree. Come on, the Grand Cherokee is okay. The Trackhawk is uh, at just... least at least drive it for the laugh. It I can't. It's one of those cars I can't believe exists. Rich people who have parties should give these out as favors when you're leaving. <laughs> Here you go. How to make friends? Don't kill yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> at least get home before you die. Anyway, yeah. I'm telling you, if you're shopping for one of these, you're going to buy one. But nobody else would buy it. They figured out how to offer a 700-horsepower, heavy SUV yes. that's all-wheel drive yes. with a warranty. Uh-huh. And it stopped blowing diffs. And, and so it didn't grenade anymore. And it's fast. And I don't think, honestly, we joked about this when we first drove it. I think that is one of those cars. The Dodge Viper was in this category. You don't cross shop. You just go get that. <laughs> exactly. you, you discover it exists. It sparks something in you, and you just go buy that. You don't go, well, let me compare with the Nope, I'm just going to buy a Trackhawk. Totally. Done, done, done. Also, uh, the JK or JL Wrangler, both of those cover the last decade. Excellent. I do prefer the JL, though I would I would take a JK. Either, and look, my wife's got me shopping Wranglers anyway. But we did do a Moab piece in, <laughs> yeah. in the, the brand-new JL, um, and we also – uh, we also actually, I've since then driven the JK version on Moab as well. Both very, very good. It's the Wrangler. You buy another one of those totally. cars. Uh, what's funny about? Totally. I actually saw a chart once that was talking about every manufacturer is obsessed with somebody that just bought our car new. They're coming out of, and they 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 define what people are coming out of. Hmm. The sure. Wrangler has the broadest list of any car sold. More people okay. come from more places and buy a Wrangler than anything else on the market. That's interesting. Because they just decide, apparently like my wife has, they get to a place in life where like, I want a Wrangler. And then you just buy a Wrangler. You're, just, you're done. That's really interesting. Usually the stats are not interesting. That's kind of fascinating. <laughs> often. Often they are quite boring. Yes. <laughs> you know what? The Gladiator makes my list here too because that 8% of me that loves monster trucks also wants to go buy a Gladiator. I don't, need, I don't have any need for a Gladiator. I have zero need. My, my I, problem – I. Have a, have a My problem with the, with the Gladiator is they need to offer really big engines in that, and they don't yet. They don't. I mean, if they do it, but if I had a Gladiator, I'd go, you know, have You'd somebody. Make an elephant? Uh, yeah. Hennessy. Hello, just here's the Gladiator. Make me pour. Make it fast. Let's, you know, make this thing dance. Wheelies. <laughs> we have no fun. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep it going. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure, we'll just cut it and jump in. Dan from somewhere thinks his dad is crazy. Dan from somewhere thinks his dad is crazy. <laughs> I don't know where he's... Thank you for listening. That's really the podcast for the day. I'm not sure where we live, but Dan wrote to us with... Um, he's asking for suggestions for his dad. Yep. And he says, my dad needs a new car because he bought about a year and a half ago, without much thought or research, in Dan's opinion, 2012 Audi A4 with about 50,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and he said there's a reason know, because he was replacing an Audi A4 with 200,000 miles. Well, on. yes. I mean, you know, fine. I, I see the progression. Yeah. 
Yeah. But now at 97,000 miles, it's developed an excessive oil consumption issue that is present <laughs> on 2009 to 2011 models and early build 2012s like this one. Dan discovered within about five minutes of research, he thought, oh, no, this is not going to be under warranty. It's not going to be cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, while his dad could drive the car for another few years, it's probably cheaper to just buy a reliable used car. So, therefore, his budget is whatever he would get for trading it in, six to eight grand on the high side, Mm -hmm. plus about 10 to 15,000 extra. Okay. I'm going for the max, so that eight plus 15, that's 23,000. Okay. So, right around 20,000. Fairly healthy. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You'd like it to have a manual transmission, enough power to get out of its own way. Seat four to five people, although we could put that requirement aside and just Mm -hmm. go for something different. He's got a commute that's over 100 miles one way a few days a week. Mm -hmm. And above all else, it needs to be reliable. I love that on this list, your dad has manual transmission. I do love that. That is very cool. I do have to say, once you get to the place where you're carrying oil like multiple quarts of oil in the back uh, trunk of your car, and you are, you are doing that every time you stop for gas. You are filling it. You either own a uh, rotary from Mazda, or it's time to move on. These are the choices. Okay, <laughs> the local auto zone. Hey, Dan's dad. Nice to see you back. We moved the oil that you need. It's over. We, on that we, we just now. we just brought the whole uh, rack out for you, and what, you're welcome to buy whatever you want. So let's find something here. I do love that this is a manual transmission, but it, it's got to do that commute thing, mm-hmm. and it's got to be reliable. I have a couple here. His dad has actually owned hi by the way. His dad has owned lots of varied things. So I have two. Hmm. Well, actually, okay. I guess now that I look at my list again, it's actually three. <laughs> it's like, it's, I have three. I have three. believe that. Two, two of them are related. I'll start there. Okay. Honda Civic Si. Okay. That's a good one. It, I mean, it looks... here. One of the things I like about that car is its sleeper nature. Okay? It looks kind of staid. It doesn't drive staid. Watch our middles piece from last season, okay? It drives well, but it is an easy manual transmission to commute in. In fact, I feel like it was actually tuned as a commute car. It's mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. I talk about in the episode. Unlike the Velocity, which was tuned for hair on fire and is super fun, the Civic Si feels like it was tuned to sit and stop and go and still be a great six-speed manual. So I think the Honda Civic is a viable option. You also can get an Accord you could. in a six-speed. I have those two. And then my favorite, though, hmm. because I think you've been a little spoiled – in a good way, by Audi interiors. I want you in something that's got a nice interior. Okay. Go get yourself a used current gen or the very end of the last gen, Mazda 3. Uh, Yeah, that's actually really good. You need to know that the current garage for Dan's dad and mom is a 2013 Ford F-150. This is for towing. 2012 Volkswagen GTI. That's mom's car. His dad has a 2012 Cayman R Mm -hmm. with a manual. Mm -hmm. This is an enthusiast we're talking to here. And he's got that 2012 A4 that needs to drive go away. Cayman, how often do you drive the Cayman R? I hope often. Drive it more often. Now, Dan's dad has owned, in his past, a smattering of cars, but this Renault Alliance stuck out. He's mm. owned garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you need to not I own mean, garbage. Not to try to offend you, but Renault Alliance, really? Yeah. <laughs> Frightening. But there's also this Mark II Golf GTI on the list that he's owned in the past, and I love that you ran to hot hatches. My first thought, Dan, was a Kia Stinger GT, but those are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think your dad would love that car. Yeah. Too expensive. Not $23,000. You know what is $23,000? Is okay. a 2017 Chevy Bolt Premier with 32,000 miles in mm. Cajun red tint coat for twenty three nine. I like it, but it's not manual. I love it otherwise. Not manual. But all of your ears are about to melt down because the okay. car I'm about to recommend is one I can't believe I'm about to recommend. Uh-oh. 
How about you go buy yourself a brand new 2020 Toyota Corolla hatchback XSE manual? That's good. As that is long, good. Under one condition, okay. you have to buy the blue flame paint job. Buy the blue. Buy the blue. I do like that. That's very good. 30 to 38 is what they claim. 38 okay. highway yeah. Yeah, yeah. miles per gallon. They're fully loaded, just over $24,000, which means you can walk in and say, I've got 23. What can we do? Make, yeah. 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 Make me a deal. Yeah. And uh, you can get one. I can't believe I just recommended a well Corolla. Well done. Paul recommends a Corolla this I time can't believe on it. a very special episode of the Everyday Driver podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You're wondering what you did with Paul, right? Where's... I like that. Uh, Dan's dad, and Dan for that matter, and Dan, Dan's dad's wife. I mean, they're all listening now. <laughs> exactly. Hello to the family. Let's ho- Hopefully we've helped you here and exactly. you can find something really fun. I, more than anything, I just love that you're commuting in a manual. I say kudos to you and hats off there. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We're jumping to social media questions. Yeah, let's do it. Evan Jason on Facebook says, The longer my car lasts, the more it feels like cars are turning into tech products, mm-hmm. and simple bare-bones vehicles with ergonomic and mechanical controls are falling by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Is Evan being hyperbolic, or does the future of new simple cars look like the Nissan Versa? And that's it. <laughs> oh, no. Versus for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hoping future Tesla Model 3s drive well. It's not that it doesn't. It's just that's not the focus. And I think that as traditional car manufacturers build cars from the, hey, we come from a car manufacturing standpoint and we're looking towards the future, still understand and know about good engineering, driving, Mm -hmm. all those things. All of our favorite car manufacturers will still understand how to use all the new, whatever it is, electric steering, all these new regulations, all that stuff to engineer a car that's fun to drive. I still think that's coming. But first, we have to satisfy every SUV and CUV customer there is. So we got to get that out of our system and everybody has to buy one and then... Oh, yeah, fun cars. Huh. Didn't you guys used to make fun Weird. cars? D- could you make one again? <laughs> I, That's good. Maybe Nissan starts That'd that. would be nice, so. yeah. Let's get all you satisfied. We've got potato chips forever. Here's a, here's a CUV. It's electric. Here you go. Now that you have that need covered, you remember fun cars over here? I think that will happen. I think it'll be the dip into like, oh, no, everything's the same. And then somebody will be like, you know. Yeah, we ought to do. I feel like a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a or something no, the, different. The SUVs are the salad. They so are. Be they, like, you know what I need? You know what ice I mean? cream. Exactly. Yeah. Something yeah. you know, not nutritious. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. More sugar. Bring that over. Yes, I will a, take hot hot fudge. An eight year old's birthday party. Yes, Pizza, I, hot dogs, soda, <laughs> burgers. That's it. That's what it needs. Eight year old's birthday party is exactly the, that's the that's new the, direction. The car equivalent. That's what I want to see a CEO <laughs> yeah. of a car company be up and be like. We've made a lot of salads. <laughs> It's exactly. time for an eight-year-old's birthday party, Finally. and we will all cheer. Like, and, and half the audience, half of the audience, a very serious journalist will be like, "I don't get the metaphor. I don't understand I, what he's saying." Yeah, what and those of us in the back would cheer. Exactly. Uh, Jared Beyer asked a question. He said, "I'm turning forty today. Happy birthday, man! What is the most midlife crisis new car for sale today? Do you have one? I have one. Okay, good. I have one. It is the Alpha Four C Spider in red." 
pretty good. Everybody's going to think you went and bought a Ferrari. It's a convertible, and it's in bright red. If you're just chasing the stereotypical thing, that or, of course, obviously the cliche is the the vet. But I'm just trying to think about one of the things that checks all the boxes. Did you see Jared? Jared got a convertible, a red convertible. (laughs) He must be going through a midlife crisis. That's that's that car. Done. All right, there's a question over here from Combat Conductor asking if we have any plans to get automotive leaders on the podcast. Mm. We'd love to hear Albert Bierman chat about the M2N story like we talked about or anybody from Nissan about anything, like just to reassure us that we're all going to be okay. Nissan exists and it's still going to exist. And you you, you remember cars, right? Yeah. 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 Pizza, hot dogs, fun car- guys. Eight-year-old birthday party. Offer like this is our new direction. Junky Costco food. I'm sorry, it's delicious, but it's not nutrient. It's terrible for you. <laughs> Rant. Cheese all over everything. I mean, are they going to do it? So the question to back to you is, what would you give us if we do? Who do you want to see? I, I like your mm. suggestions yeah, here, but who else do you want to see? If, yeah, if I could yeah, get yeah. some notable designers' names, does that resonate with you? That'd be cool. I'm I'm asking back at you, I, and I think I'm I'm hearing yes based on your question. It's it's not an often times that we do this, and you've probably noticed we haven't had tons of guests. Yeah, but I I'm all for it. I'm especially with future stuff, and we just I think we just want to hear people talk to car enthusiasts straight up. Yeah, car lover to car lover. That's talk the thing. I, I think it'd be cool if we could have some folks on the podcast and they could share their car love. We hear that they're mm-hmm. influential in the car world. Let's hear them talk as car enthusiasts versus just what's the corporate thing. It could be very interesting. I do like that. That's pretty cool. Kevin Bell on Instagram says, have you seen James May's Our Man in Japan show on Amazon Prime? Mm. Just started watching this with my son. I've seen Did it. you? Uh, it's, a, it's an odd topic. But his question is, what's the thoughts? And he said he really likes James May as a presenter. I, Kevin, I stopped here on this question for this one reason. It's not because we both have ridiculous hair. But honestly, hmm. he is my litmus test. Okay. I am amazed at him as a presenter. Yeah. He does a fantastic – he is my favorite of the three Top Gear guys. Sure, sure. I, can see I really, really like him. And again, it's not a hair thing. I really like him because he's he does a fantastic job of seeming very organic all the time. Yeah, and he, true, and true. he isn't concerned about making fun of himself or having himself fail. And it makes him relatable and approachable. But yet once you dig in – the guy clearly is smart. He has a very broad range of things that he's experienced. I watched his old uh, – he did a, a, a Toy Story show about hmm. all the toys that you grew up with and can we make him do crazy things. My son, and I, my son and I love all these. They're very, very cool. I think he's a superb presenter, and that's why I'm watching the Japan show. I'll be honest with you. I would never have turned it on if it wasn't him, and it's pretty cool. You know what I like about him is his childlike thinking in terms of – Agreed. Why can't we approach this with this idea? We would as a kid. Why do we have yeah. to conform to yeah. adultness and – you know, well, that's just the way it's done, and you have to act your age and all that stuff. The um, the example with the astronauts who had Corvettes, and he was mm-hmm. talking about the NASA program and everything that was surrounding the Corvette buying and yeah. the Corvette ownership with just this, wow, so yeah. this happened. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is sort of like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he put well, this spin on it that was just... It wasn't childlike's the wrong word. It was just this sense of wonderment and appreciation that yes. few presenters have. Yes, and he did watch James May on on the edge of space. That's another great one that he does, where he goes up in a U two, really really cool U two spy plane, very cool. And think about the fact that last season of of Grand Tour, James May is the one that drove the Porsche nine seventeen. Oh yeah. And as much fun as get made of that guy, clearly he also can genuinely drive. He's also the guy that drove the Bugatti Veyron. Remember. 
So he clearly can drive in spite of all the fun that gets made of him. I think he's underappreciated. I like him a lot. There's a uh, a family friend that we have, and he's a Delta Airlines pilot. He's captain and uh, flies around the world. He's flown for the military for a long time. And he and I were talking over Christmas break about his opportunity that he got to go with those guys that chase the U-2s oh, down cool. the runway yeah, the, for the landing. to talk yeah, yeah. them in for yeah, the yeah. landing. Because they can't see, yeah. That was an episode, actually, I think on the prior Top Gear, when the three guys were on Top Gear. Was I think that, so. I think was so. that then? It's hard to say, but yeah, they, they used a Hellcat to chase. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So our friend, he had this opportunity to go with the current guys doing yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. They've upgraded to Tesla Model S's okay. because so, yeah, yeah. they used to have Pontiac G8s, I think. I don't know. They've, they they've, had, it's you know, always been super powerful, big things. Yeah. V8s to mm-hmm. get down the runway. And so it's it's a lesson in precision driving. But what the drivers are doing is talking the pilot mm-hmm. into the ground, essentially, to, yeah. you know, that, that single wheel under the mm-hmm. U2. And our friend got to ride with Whoa, the driver fun. and right up under the airplane. Yep. I mean, he was right there. And I was just, I mean, we we're all just That's stunned amazing. at the story. It, it was so it. cool. And then, of course, the Blackhawk story about the, you know, the... Um, uh, pilots, you know, the two pilots in the... Um, the Blackbird? Blackbird, excuse me. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. the Blackbird. You know, doing the, the high-speed run. That's such a great story. Yeah, yeah, always. it's very funny. Uh, we've got so many good questions. Let's see what else we can uh, can deal with that uh, I can jump through real quick. Okay, i got a tire question here. Let me see if I can cover that one. Where was the... There it is. You've got a Corolla, the Minty Mini on Instagram. Oh, yeah, a, uh, Nondescript silver sedan daily. That's his Corolla. It came... You must have bought it used this way. came with studded snow tires. Mm. He's got them on, and he's going, what the heck are these for? And he's genuinely asking that question. Fair Do enough. I need studded tires? Fair enough. He can't believe the noise. He's actually gone to wearing foam earplugs because he can't stand the noise so much. Do I need studded tires? What's the point? And are there alternatives? Studded tires, honestly, are great if you deal with a lot of ice. Okay. If you are dealing with my street is covered in ice regularly, studded tires are pretty much the solve. Okay? How often are you really doing that? And it sounds like you aren't, based on what you're describing. It sounds like you aren't. So you can get any kind of good studless snow tire and probably have plenty of grip anywhere you go. Hmm. So sure. get out of the studded tires. My dad had studded tires for a while on his truck in California, and he'd leave them what? on for like four months. And it was like, what are you doing? You're kidding me. He was in California at like 2,500 feet, and they would occasionally get snow, and he ran studded tires on his avalanche for a couple of seasons until he burned them through. And I was always like, what are you? They came to see us once, 700-mile road trip. Oh, in like the shoulder season. It was like March. <laughs> no. And he's on studded tires the whole way. And my mom at one point said very, very, just very innocently, people kept looking at the avalanche. I was like, you think? As you came thundering up from miles behind them. Actually, that's the other way around. My dad drives slow enough. They came thundering up behind you. But they just heard you for miles. So get out of the studded snows. You don't need them. <laughs> Kevin R. on Facebook asked me when I'm going to make a wash clean your car video series. And then Rich A. says, uh, that's, you know, the next feature film because it's going to be so long. Hang on to your seat, it, folks. It, it's coming. Yeah. And then uh, last question for me. There's a question from Parmalot asking about traffic and lane-specific speed limits that we discussed. Parmalot's in the Boston area, suffers the Boston traffic, and sees the fundamental problem is the part between the seat and the steering wheel. Not the laws, not the roads. People simply drive too close to the car in front of them, causing that inevitable accordion effect and mm-hmm. unnecessarily slowing and stopping. 
is there any technology that can solve this? Ultimately, no. I think it's just people paying attention. And, yeah, driver training. We come back to it many times. Driver training, paying more attention, all of that would be helpful. I have to touch on the Lancer real quick. Clint Morris and, uh, and Ben Warren both asked me questions about the Lancer. I could go for a while, but I won't. Here's, here's the two questions. Uh, Clint said, as a result of the Lancer grenading itself, <laughs> uh, and, and there, many of you have had interesting questions about selling it to another YouTube channel, and a couple of people have said you want to buy it. I will get into some of that, but not right now. Do I now want to buy something crazy reliable is what they're both kind of asking. Do I want to buy something crazy reliable and boring? And, and, the, and the example given to me was to just buy a Camry. Okay, that's what Clint says. Should I okay. just buy a Camry okay. and just accept something reliable? And Ben says, am I going to recommend vehicles differently as a result? The, the answer to both is no. It's that pay-to-play thing. Look, I, I don't like this experience. I'm not excited about the financial loss of it. None of that excites me. But honestly, the loss of it for me is also the fact that I liked the Lancer. Mm. I liked driving it. Yeah. I, yeah. It's hard for me to think about owning, paying for a car I don't enjoy. Even if it runs, I don't enjoy it. Fair enough. Fair and enough. in the case of the Phaeton, which I know is ridiculous, <laughs> the, the, the enjoyable part about it is I've also realized this, and it shouldn't take me this long to realize it, but I like quirky, weird, what, are that, what is that car? And that's so the Phaeton fits perfectly. It's more interesting than the Audi A8 because it's like, wait, what is that now? Is that a big Passat? What's going on? A Jetta XL. There it is. So, the tag is great. But I like that car because it did cost so little that it adds personality to it. That car new would be far less interesting. The Phaeton would be far less interesting new. It's, it's interesting because it has personality, because it was so cheap. I like cars that have some sort of quirky personality. And just like with people. Cars with personality. People can grenade, too. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, sometimes the ones with lots of personality will grenade <laughs> they'll, all over the place. Grenade. But But just like with people, cars with personality also have rough edges that are harder to live with. We've all met people that are sure. just kind of milk toast. They're perfectly fine, but they're boring. Sure. They're fine. There's nothing actually wrong with that person. I just want to go talk to my crazy friend because my crazy friend is crazy and kind of fun as a result. That's me in cars. So you like the fun Bobby of cars. I like the fun Bobby of cars, just with less alcohol and driving. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for all your questions. Please keep them coming, including your Topic Tuesdays. Hope you're enjoying the series as we're at right now. And yeah, email us for feedback, your questions, your debates, all that stuff. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. Or on the website, you can find us up under the About tab. In the top right corner, there's a Contact button right there. You can hit that, and we get the emails in the same place. Thanks a million. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.